You're listening to a ComicsXF podcast. WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA, the ComicsXF interview podcast where two best friends talk about comics with the people who make them. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Lazowitz. And this week's guest is the writer of Marvel's upcoming Sentry series, Jason Lowe. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So, uh, first things first, what are some of the first comics you remember reading? Ooh, uh, <laughs> it's funny. Like, yeah, I bring this uh, this comic a lot. Bring this comic up a lot whenever I uh, when I'm asked this. And New Mutants issue fifty four is, is one of them, uh, mainly because uh, so I I used to uh, get my comics back at convenience stores when they had the spinner racks and uh as a big gi joe fan um you know like i think i had like one batman comic which was the second appearance of jason todd and then after that there there was uh like i I was a big gi joe fan so i i saw there was this character that looked like sci-fi from like the, the, the 1987 lineup and it turned out to be Cannonball, <laughs> which I found out later on because he, he had the sci-fi helmet on and, and he's like blasting off. Uh, and I thought like, wow, like why is sci-fi in this this comic called New Mutants? And I, as a four or five year old, I, I had no concept of what a mutant is. <laughs> I, I barely read any comics. I, I just liked the pictures at the time. And, and uh, yeah, like that was my first gateway into the x-men and 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 just like the, the saucy characters of of uh that was my gateway into uh the x-men world and and the saucy characters like celine and the hellfire club and yeah i was at the age of four or five so like seeing these characters in like scantily outfits was like oh wow like this is this opened a whole new world for me of like i didn't know uh that characters can, can dress like this in comics like for for a four-year-old uh because yeah um uh when i was because i had a lot of like older cousins and and they had a bunch of archie comics as well um so I thought like comics was just wholesome for, for me when, when I was a, a little kid. And uh, yeah, here I am today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 1980s X-Men comics especially will do that. I feel like, uh, you know, for our generation, looking at those older comics, we're all the Dean in that one scene from Community where he's like, this better not awaken anything in me. And of course it did. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly no, no, saucy is a very good word for it <laughs> <laughs> but uh you're here to talk about your new century series which is launching december 6th with artist luigi zagaria uh matt take us into the void the century is dead but ordinary people all over the world are suddenly manifesting his powers and experiencing snippets of Bob Reynolds' memories. Will one of them survive long enough to emerge as the new sentry? Or will their newfound power destroy them? When Misty Knight and Jessica Jones cross paths in search of answers, they open an investigation that will change everything you think you know about the sentry. So how did this gig come about? Um, so Alana Smith... Marvel editor extraordinaire, uh, part of the hero's office reached out to me, uh, and yeah, the, the the headline of the the email said, "New Century," and and yeah, she proposed uh, bringing back the Century, but through new characters. And I was like, "Wow, this is like a great opportunity for me to like add some new characters into this Marvel universe, but also play around with." the powers of a million exploding suns and i i thought wow like th this this would be like uh no pun intended but like a very explosive series with with a lot of uh catastrophic events uh especially when especially when you deal with a wild card like 
the century, at, at least from from my experience of reading him and and the Marvel events like uh, Siege and Secret Invasion and Civil War, where you don't know what kind of explosive thing <laughs> he, he he would do. Um, and uh, yeah, like to be honest, I, I've I've never been. Uh, I I've never read his, his, like his early comics. Uh, aside from like the the early Avengers crossovers, I, I remember back in high school, uh, a friend of mine told me about this idea. What when he was first introduced, saying like, "Have you heard about this? Like this this so called forgotten hero that that's now returned in the Marvel universe, and he he's like the Superman of 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 Marvel." And and I was. And that was at the time where I was like, kind of like moving away from from mainstream comics. Like I I, I was getting into, I was going into college and like getting into like indie comics, like stuff by Daniel Klaus and stuff. So I, I kind of lost interest at that point when the introduction of Century came about. And then when I got back into it, like I was in the middle of like centuries um I, I i guess his 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 growing storytelling within the marvel world uh i was in the middle of that so yeah like i i, I kind of missed out on his origins and so when i uh was approached by Atlanta, like i had to do lots of homework of of like what he well what he's been up to in the, in the past five years um, because, and, 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 and a bit of his origins, but at the same time, like I'm introducing some new characters and I'm, I'm, I'm focusing on their origin stories. And I had to think back of like, what made, um, Marvel characters very interesting, especially like in, in the early years of like, Stanley and, and and Jack Kirby and and like looking at characters like Donald Blake and and Matt Murdock and you know like characters that have their flaws and and, and like how they work with them in, in their everyday lives and you, you're gonna see some of that in, in these new characters that I'm gonna introduce interesting so uh, how did the uh, how did the creative team come together? Were you uh, familiar, for example, with Luigi's work before you know you guys got uh, this book? Um, not yet. I I think I had about like a month or two to like just plan maybe maybe a month and a half to to plan out the outline uh, before I I was introduced to Luigi, and. When I was writing this outline, like I was trying to tell this very grounded tale, since these are just everyday characters, uh, very relatable people that that we can relate to in, in our everyday lives. And when I was introduced to Luigi's work, I was like, "Wow, this is it's perfect because he's gonna like capture the right amount of detail of of these of these characters." Uh, like very down to earth story that, that we're going to tell. Um, and at the same time, like when we're going to like kick it to these action packed scenes, like he's going to deliver on that. And boy, did the, he, he sure does. Cause like, we're already like in like working on like issue three right now. And uh, it, I'm already impressed. This is going to be like one gorgeous book. I'm, I'm, I'm open people are going to really people are going to go in like very unsure about what the series is all about and you know we're, we're going to follow Jessica Jones and Missy Knight in this mystery drama figuring out what's going on uh with with all these century related events happening around the world um and and this is inspired from me binge binge watching Law and Order and Cold Case and a bunch of other crime dramas and 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 just yeah channeling channeling that through Jessica and Misty. So yeah, hopefully everyone will be intrigued by this. 
Um, you've been work, you've been writing and drawing your own stuff for years, of course. And and but when you're solely writing a project and working with another artist, you know, how much does artist Jason or the artist side of your brain get involved? Is there a compulsion to storyboard or do character designs that you maybe try to hold back on to make sure that, you know, the artist, you know, has room to do their thing or anything like that? It, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I, I think like early on, like in, in my, uh, like writing for Marvel, like where like, just ask me just to write and not draw. Uh, I've gone through, like, like I, I have, um, like an idea of what I want to see in my head, <laughs> like uh, of, of, of how like each panel should be framed. And I would describe everything very vivid. And, you know, like when you look at, not that I'm going to compare myself to Alan Moore, I'm, I'm far from Alan Moore, <laughs> but the fact that like, he's able to like write so many words down to describe a panel is like, well, like, let me try to do that, but like, but describe it as, as much as I can as an artist. <laughs> and and I, I remember like one of my early gigs, um, like one of my editors was like, yeah, this is very rody. Like, it looks like there's a lot of stuff happening in this. And, and I'm describing what's happening in the foreground, the middle ground and the background. <laughs> and then. And then I was like, well, if, if you have trouble visualizing it, like, let me draw it out for you. And, I, and I'm layering it out. Like, this is this is what I have in mind. Like, like we, we, we see like the foot action in the foreground. We see the, the full view of the characters in the middle ground. And then like, you know, in the very far back, we'll see like some characters in the background, like just what we need to to, to know of what's going on in the panel. And 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 uh. Yeah, I mean, a bit, a bit of that helps, but at the same time, like I, I realize, like I should also give some freedom for for these artists to tell the story as well. So uh, by the time I'm, I'm, I got to Century, I was like, all right, like, like here's things I want to see, but at the same time, like Luigi, like yeah, like you do the rest, like, like make sure you have these characters doing this. But yeah, you, you can arrange however you want how how it's gonna look, uh, laid out. Uh, e even before um doing the script, uh, like I I was when I was creating the character dossiers, um, I was drawing out character sketches like so I, I can um I I can show to to Luigi like. This is their fashion sense. Like this is how grounded I want these characters to be. Like I want him to get a good understanding about like okay, like um, this is their level of employment. This is like what they can afford and and clothes wise. Like like just just drawing it out like gives them an idea of like uh their 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 um I guess their financial class. Their their yeah um their fashion sense and, 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 and everything like it's, it's all there. Then, then, then uh, he can build off from that because, because the, the sketches I did are so rough compared to like how Luigi like fine tune it and, 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 and put more fine details in, in the hairstyles. Like, wow, like, yeah, like this actually adds even more to this character. So yeah, <laughs> can't, can't, can't wait for everyone to, to, uh, fall in love with, with some of these characters. So sight unseen, you know, based on, on solicit blurbs and, and your description, it sounds like it's, you know, not so much a century series as a Misty and Jessica Jones series with the century as a story engine. Uh, tell us a little bit about getting to write Jessica and Misty and their dynamic uh, in this series. Uh, I, I should I should also say I I love Misty Knight. She's like one of my favorite Marvel characters outside the mutants. <laughs> oh, same. Like I, I was a I was such a huge fan. Like when we got to see her uh, on the Netflix uh, Luke Cage and and, and uh, Jessica Jones series, and mm -hmm. uh, like I, I was just so psyched. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's 
I, I love their their character dynamics. You know, like I'm 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 using them as like good cop, bad cop, especially like how these characters are right now. Where um, you know, Jessica Jones, um, she she's now like the first lady of of New York because her husband's the mayor, mm -hmm. and and so she she's kind of grown to to be um I, I wouldn't say um trying to be a role model but like at, at least trying to keep up appearances as 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 a respectable role uh, uh, um as the first lady of, of new york and and here is a uh, misty knight who is you know she 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 comes off from the jeff lemire century series where you know, she, she, she's, she, she's feeling anxiety that she has to deal with another century case. And the thing is like, this is out of her control because she doesn't know who these new people with these century powers are. And together they have to like, well, they have to work together to try to, to do some storm chasing to, to find these people. And while, you know, the, working out their their differences especially from how things were left off with um like one of the late, the latest runs with uh uh brian that brian does bendis worked on uh in jessica jones marvel now uh that that came out like several years ago where they were butting heads because jessica jones was was trying to hold on to the secret relating to his her her daughter and and um yeah like I'm, I'm trying to like take that energy and and see like how can they work together from that while storm chasing uh the the catastrophic events of of the of our new centuries the century is one of marvel's more tangled knots of, of continuity uh it took me some time reading his wiki page this weekend. You know, he's 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 a new, relatively new superhero, but he's been around the whole time. He fights the void, but he also is the void. He's a Marvel Superman, which automatically means he's messed up somehow. See also Hyperion. Uh, does doing a story that's about the legacy of the century, as opposed to Bob Reynolds himself, help you kind of avoid a lot of that baggage in service of the great jumping on point? Yeah, like I, I, I want this comic to be accessible to to new readers, but at the same time, like I, I do want to pay respect to the fans of of the century, but I also don't want to uh, provide them something that's so predictable of what the century is all about. Like, it, it, it's funny because you know. Um, one of the first questions I, I, I would find on Twitter when when the Century announcement came about was like, are we going to see the new Void? Uh, or are, are we going to see Void? And, and, and or, or like other expectations where it's like, do I have to like have like a checklist of, of what to please you Century fans? But I'm like, no, like, what I'm what I'm trying to do is I, I want to try to build up from what we know about the century, especially you know for for fans of the century. Like you have to like see what has happened in the past few years, um, especially what with with his, his death and, and 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 what he's gone through in the afterlife with with the Valkyries and and. You know, I, I gotta respect that storytelling uh, from from the other writers and and use that to to build up from that. And uh, yeah, so it, it's I, I'd say for the very devoted Century fans, this is like a very interesting side quest. <laughs> uh, and, and then, of course, there's there's the biggest air quotes uh, problem with the Century. Isn't it weird that a superhero's real name is Bob? 
<laughs> Bob, Robert, uh, yeah. I, I go. I just Google over the weekend. I'm like, how how common is Bob as a superhero name? And I got the Sentry, and I got Mister Incredible <laughs> from the Pixar but, movies. You know, what, 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 when you when you uh, take it as a character that was, uh, in quotation marks, established, but like before the Fantastic Four, like he he's the Golden Age Marvel superhero you know like you have characters like names with like alliteration like Mm -hmm. peter parker or you have like someone like donald blake or uh who else uh i mean ben Grimm. he that that's a pretty catchy name i don't know reed richard that's another alliteration robert reynolds just that 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 uh measures up with this that standard of, of golden age superhero secret alias name so yeah you just gotta work with with that time period <laughs> it, you you kind of answered this a little bit in the question before that but on top of all that continuity the sentry is a character who's notedly suffering from mental health problems and as this is something handled in a superhero comic that is handled from on a spectrum of eh to not so great. And is since you did, there's a mention in the solicitation text of these people experiencing some of Bob Reynolds memories and mental stuff. Is that going to, play in or is this a way to avoid having to fall into the traps of the way superhero comics often deal with mental health so i I take it as these are characters that are not too familiar with the century so they don't really know too much about his inner struggles but these are characters that have their own struggles. Um, we have one character that uh, Elizabeth CP, she lives with cerebral palsy and we're making this right. Especially since we have uh, 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 a creative consultant that we, we were working with. Uh, her name is Kara Leibowitz, who is a disability uh, advocate. And, you know, when, when you want to portray a new character, with that disability like you want to like make sure that like yeah she she's handled right and and for character for for people for fans that also live with cp like i'm hoping that they can look at this character and really root for her and really connect with her and and be excited to 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 see and all like an an avatar a superhero avatar that that represents them less heavy the original century's favorite thing to do was rip dudes in half uh obviously there is only so much you can say with a series that has not come out (laughs) yet but will that part of the century's legacy be explored (laughs) there's gonna be yeah there's gonna be a lot of gruesome stuff um there's gonna be lots of accidents like as, as i mentioned before like yeah i've used the word like catastrophic <laughs> catastrophic events uh and and this is coming off of um these strangers that are experiencing his powers for the very first time not knowing how powerful he is and and uh yeah there, there there's there's definitely not going to be any happy accidents in in this comic the characters who end up with the power of the century, uh, you know, are they, are we going to kind of meet them over the course of the series? Do we see them kind of all at once in like the first issue? How, how's the, how do you, how do you pace that out? I, I'd say they're spread out through the series. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to say like how many there mm-hmm. are, because <laughs> I want everyone to find out at the same time as Jessica and, and Misty Knight. Yeah, like we're we're going on a lot uh, along the ride with with them as as you're solving this mystery, but at the same time, like we're gonna figure out things that they don't know, and, and see if they're gonna figure out uh, the origins and 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 uh, and, and yeah, the, the mystery that 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 they need to solve. 
So uh, on to, to other things, you know, you and Chip Zdarsky launched er, the third and final volume of the All Nighter, your Comixology original superhero vampire series in October. Uh, was that a series that got harder to work on as you started getting more work with, you know, Marvel? Oh, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, especially this year where I, I think I've, I've, this year, like one of my resolutions was, I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> and and I said, I'll, I said yes to a lot of things. And yeah, I, I had a very busy, uh, I had, it, it was very busy early this year, especially like this year, um, where, yeah, it, it, it was, it's, it was, it's tricky when, I mean, when, when I'm, when I'm writing things, like when I'm writing on a variety of projects, I can work on so many things at once. I can work on like, I've worked, like there was a month I was working on like seven projects at the same time. And I was including the all nighter while working a full-time job. And, you know, like it, what what was the mix? What was the mix on that between like what you were writing, what you were drawing, what you were writing and drawing? There were like things that were in different stages as well, because especially when when you're a writer, like you have to like there, there was this like there would be a project where I'm like I'm doing the outlines, and another project where I'm I'm doing the script for the like early part of the series and there's uh i'm working on a script on the later part of the series and then there there's also like um looking at the, the lettering passes of the comics and then looking uh approving the art and so so there was a lot of stages that i, I was going through while at the same time like when, when you're an artist you, you have to like focus on that one project so, um, yeah, well, when it came to the all nighter, um, like I had to just devote myself to just to one month of just, just drawing and, and hoping that all the scripts were already done. <laughs> and all I had to do was just look at emails and just approve things and, and just, just write notes. And I'm a bit of a scatterbrain. If, if you can't tell from this interview and like, like from my answers, like I'm just going all over the place, like jumping back and forth and uh, in, in like in different chronological order. Cause yeah, I, I am. I'm, that's how I get shit done. <laughs> um, uh, my, my uh, I feel like I'm just spinning 10 plates at a time <laughs> and making sure they're, they're not, uh falling and uh, um yeah no it, it's 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 uh it's quite the experience and i don't think i'm gonna do that again next year <laughs> i'm just gonna <laughs> stick to writing I, i'm 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 uh, i'm i'm grateful for um the all-nighter series and 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 i'm relieved that <laughs> that we actually see an ending to this series and at the and also um grateful that you know chip understanding of 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 my workload you know th th there were some parts where uh he would be like it, it, let's let's uh have like this one issue take place in space <laughs> which made it so easy for me in, in terms of like not having to work on like elaborate perspectives in a castle or a, or in a warehouse or whatever um so yeah that made it very easy on me especially like like yeah there, there, there was like one issue where or he, he gave me that while at the same time like I, I think I was drawing um I was drawing x-men unlimited mm -hmm. which is a story that I was also writing <laughs> um yeah a, a, passion project of mine uh anything related to, to multiple man where i get to write and draw um yeah like uh, uh like uh, it's, that's something that that i want to like have like my full attention on <laughs> uh and, and and of course you know it, it chip chip gets to, to fall behind too because you know it's just doing batman you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> well he, he, was, he had a period where he was doing batman Daredevil, Kaptur uh, Kaptura, uh, All Nighter, and 
and a bunch and of other stuff. And, and like he, he was wrapping up sex kernels, and now he he's able to manage. Uh, like I'm, I'm just like you know he he wrapped up Daredevil. Now he's just gonna focus on on Batman and like like seeing seeing his workload is an inspiration of like how he's able to get things done and 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 uh but at the same time like yeah like it's smart to like know when to to cut back and be like i'm just gonna just stick on like one or two series and and that's it (laughs) (laughs) so you're going from the year of yes to the year of hold on let me check my schedule (laughs) (laughs) let me check my schedule but like you know what like I, i i just want like two plates full of stuff and that's it (laughs) (laughs) oh sound advice for thanksgiving sound advice for life (laughs) yes (laughs) so you you've worked with chip a bunch now what what is something that you've learned from him in doing you know after lift in the all-nighter and vice versa what's your thing or two that you've taught the chipster uh well something i've learned from chip and and this is something that i've learn when we were working on uh this little short story that we did for for star wars adventures and this was like both of our first time working on star wars and and star wars is is that's a that was a dream project of mine because like i'm a big star wars fan and and when we got this opportunity to tell this i think it was this this eight page story like we're trying to cram in as much as we want in there because you don't know if this is going to be the last chance of us working on Star Wars so like you got to treat each project like it it could be your last but try try to make it as fun as possible by by fit like by crossing off things on on your bucket list and, and, and see if you can fit it end that story somehow very soundly and and uh yeah uh because yeah you, you, never, you never know that it could be your last and and that's how i approach things like this this and, and, and it makes it really does makes like really good storytelling i mean or or at least it makes it very exciting yeah so so that that was like uh something i've, I've definitely learned from chip uh i don't know what i've what i've taught ship though like that's something that he probably could answer um i mean i mean he he's he has said like some things that he's admired about me and um that you know like to be a successful comic creator like you need two of the three things you need to get things done on time that's number one do good do really good work and three, be a really good sociable person. Like really, like like just have good personable connections with people. And he says I have all three, and and, and that's that's that that's my key to success. And 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 he says yeah, that that's a rare thing that in, in this industry, uh, when you have all three because. Everyone can easily have two. And I, I know a lot of people that have two. And it's funny because, you know, like a lot of people are the people that are uh, really good at deadlines and do really good work, but they're so quiet. And, <laughs> and, and, and like, you know, um, you know, like they're, they're people that, that you, like, I, I know a lot of friends that like, I don't really like, there are people I want to hang out with, but like, it's, they're like, just, they're just homebodies. You just want to do their work and, and whatever, or, you know, they're, or there's the other side where like, there's people that are really good uh, at their work. The great personalities, but at the same time, it's like, they don't meet their deadlines. And yeah. Uh, like, it, it, like that's like, I, I look around my, 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 my network of friends and like, I think what 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 Chip says is is kind of true, in some way. We'll we'll circle back to All Nighter in a second, but you're just talking about the Star Wars story, so I just want to kind of veer towards that for a moment because so you drew the story with Chip, which uh-huh. was set 
which was a Lando Calrissian story. So you're you're very much deep into the characters that everyone knows. You also drew a High Republic story with Claudia Gray, which is a very different era. It's not doesn't have all of the photo reference. How much reference is there? Is it easier to draw something where there is possibly a little more freedom? I mean, the, the crew of the vessel have shown up a bunch in the High Republic stuff. So there's probably some reference, but how much more as how much more freedom do you get when drawing from the non-movie era stuff? Well, um, I mean, that, that's kind of interesting because, like, when we were working on the Lando story, like, there, there were, like, some new characters that we got to introduce in Cloud City, and we, we got to explore more of the parts of Cloud City that is hardly explored. Like, it's, it's, it's stuff that you'd only see in the cross-sections of, like, the, the big books of, of the, the Star Wars visual dictionaries which I own all of them uh, and, and try to put good use to that. Um, and th there were a bunch of characters that I got to introduce and like, especially some droid designs that I like in the early stages, I was just taking models, ex existing models and just repurposing them in cloud city. And, and the star Wars group was like, they were like, no, this, this looks too familiar with, with, with that droid that, that already exists. We want you to create your own droid. Like, uh, and I was like, all right, like th th that's pretty cool. Like that I get to create, I get to design like this cloud city security droid. So, so that was kind of fun. But for, for High Republic, there were a lot of reference material uh, of the characters that, that, that they've established uh, before I got to script and so they provided me with with all the the care the the character art for for the main characters but when it came to like some of the new characters um, like Claudia Gray wanted me to draw uh, this adventure that took place in a maze which was kind of mind-blowing because like I, I, I was doing a bunch of like cross-section variant covers for Star Wars, like Cloud City and, and one for uh, uh, the, the High Republic space station. And, and, then, and then now to like tell a whole story in, in this maze with these characters, I was like, all right, like th this is, it's it, like, they're just upping the challenge for me. Uh, that was a lot of fun to, to, to create, especially to, to, create the, the villagers to design the villagers that the inhabitants of, the, of that that planet so yeah it, it, it's kind of half and half like you you, you have to be very you, you definitely have to to meet the 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 standards of of the model that you presented but you know when you have an opportunity to, to introduce some new characters like that's where you kind of have fun with it be like wow like i can like, like bringing like bringing a new toy to this just Star Wars sandbox, like that's pretty exciting, and 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 to see that added to like the Wikipedia, <laughs> uh, is, is a great sense of like making it. <laughs> and I'm also just curious. So one of the main characters in there is Geode, who is a sentient rock not like a rock guy but literally like a rock a slab of rock <laughs> yeah when you're given that it's like okay i'm gonna make this the most expressive rock that's ever been drawn and and what's so and funny then you're competing is... with the two rocks with the googly eyes from everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and, and, and this is tricky because like i think there were like two different artists that i had to like base the interpretation of geode and and i kind of had to like meld with with like both designs like you know like just going with like the right kind of grooves the, the subtle grooves and, and and markings of of geo to, to 
you know, for, for the hardcore fans of Geo, like I want to make it recognizable so it doesn't look like just a slab of rock. I want it to make it look like the slab of rock. Uh, yeah, playing around with the right angles to to uh, to establish its emotions. Um, yeah, that 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 that's uh, that's what I love about making comics is is trying to convey that kind of level of storytelling <laughs> with, with with those kind of obstacles and challenges that they throw at you. So, so steer, steering back to where we were before my Star Wars tangent, um, volume two of the All-Nighter will be out in print in a couple of weeks. Uh, for those out there who are, you know, Luddites like me who wait for a nice, healthy print copy of something, uh, what should people know about the series other than, you know, go and pick up volume one and find out? Uh, yeah, so part two... Uh, volume two, which comes out December 19th at your local comic shop and, and bookstore. Uh, we actually get to explore deep into these characters' histories. So we're, we're going to see lots of flashbacks uh, of these characters, uh, especially with Ian, the our Dracula in the series, and, as well as Joy. We're going to see more about Joy and, and and her past life and uh yeah it, it's 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 a bit heartfelt too uh yeah uh, fans are gonna be really invested in these characters if, if they haven't or if they're already invested in in volume one like get ready like for volume two because uh yeah yeah, yeah just just have a tissue box ready with you <laughs> So for those out there who haven't gotten the, the basic elevator pitch of the book, it's a world where monsters are real. They're policed, so they kind of have to keep underground. But one of them finds a loophole and realizes, oh, I can put on a superhero costume and be a superhero. And then I can go out and I can do super stuff and cut loose a little. And I'm not going to be revealing that I'm a monster. When you're designing superheroes for a world that is not Marvel or DC, that have these long established looks, how much do you lean into the tropes? How much do you want to be recognizable without it feeling like you're just drawing Batman and swapping out one color for another? Yeah, so this is all about like the the, the characters all the all, all nighter have a lot of layers and and uh, literally actually because like th these are like some of them are are legends or, or modern legends like vampires that are trying to conceal their identity from human society uh, as everyday citizens like running a a, a late night diner and 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 yeah one of them finds this loophole dressing up as a superhero by uh and 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 acting out and and being able to use his vampirism uh to fight crime and so each of these individuals like i have to like look deep into their access of uh, of making a good costume design uh for themselves so a character like uh, a character like Alex, who's a big fanboy of, of 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 comic books and video games, he 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 knows what's what that's all about, and 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 and, and you know, so some of his look is inspired by Batman, of course, and 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 I'm playing off of of Batman Year One in a way, um, so. You know, we, we and, and Alex is, is someone that is, uh, I, I would say, is a fanboy who who uh, is a pretty good cosplayer. So he, here, here's a vampire that that has made a good Batman cosplay of himself. And then when you look at someone like Joy, who, you know, she, she's Alex's sidekick and cut. She likes that idea enough to, to 
you know, to dress up as a superhero um, so she can act out as a vampire and, and fight crime. But at the same time, she's like not that knowledgeable about like, you know, the, the, the comic source material. Like, so like she likes the idea of dressing up. So, you know, like, so she would like take stuff from her, for, from her closet and, and repurposes them uh, into a fight, uh, a crime fighting outfit. And uh, so, yeah, like th th there's like different levels of superhero commitment uh, that, that plays into their outfits. And then, and then you have like the people like, like the trolls, like in, in volume one and how they came up with their costumes. And, you know, like th they, the, these are people that, that like, they, they, they make their own, like th their makeshift costumes, like this grabbing whatever they can find to, to look like, to look convincing enough to be a, a classic villain, um, but looks very homemade. You know what I mean? <laughs> The first volume, you had your vampires, you had the trolls, as you mentioned, you had a Pennywise-esque boogeyman, you had Frankenstein, you had some werewolves. Uh, what kind of monsters can people expect? Are there more monsters in volume two? And as volume three came about, were there monsters that you were like, okay, we need to squeeze these in before they're done because I want to draw the Babadook. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'd, I'd say we, I, I think we've captured almost every monster uh, you know like knowing that like like knowing that volume three is done like we, we've captured almost every monster almost every monster there, there was one uh, um, character that I I, I, I was kind of holding out because I in, in volume one, I left like a, a a black cat, <laughs> and and you would see the black cat making cameos and throughout the issues. It's kind of like where's Waldo? So you got to find his cat, and and I'll I'll leave this cat purposely in in, in certain scenes um, to make it make sense for a secret thread to. You know, if we were to make this an ongoing series, that this would be the next arc. Um, so yeah, uh, that aside from that secret character that we would have introduced associated with the black cat, uh, everything else we we managed to fit in, in in volume two and three. So we said, you know, this is a digital first book, but it's a digital and it's a digital first book done in a traditional, you know, as if it were a floppy, it translates nicely. You've also done, you mentioned for some of the X-Men Infinity comics, some of the other Marvel Infinity comics, including, you know, Lucky the Pizza Dog. Everybody loves Lucky the Pizza Dog. <laughs> uh, Marvel Meow and yes. Pizza Dog. Cosmo, <laughs> the Space Dog. They're giving me all the, the, the Marvel pets, <laughs> including the upcoming... Infinity Paws, which I'm so excited for, <laughs> drawn by uh, Neo Fuji, doing excellent work. Uh, the first issue, like, it is already done, and it looks like a summer blockbuster, and it comes out in spring. So you guys will get a summer blockbuster very early next year. <laughs> How does working in that vertical scroll work for you? How much did you have to adapt? your normal style to fit with that different format it was such a learning process like my, my first time doing the, the vertical scroll was was lucky the pizza dog and that was back in late 2021 and i and i think 2021 was the first year where marvel was doing that and so i i felt like i, I was part of that experiment uh, along with a, a bunch of other artists. So we were all learning at the same time, like how to work with this vertical scroll. Um, so like the, the, the first time doing like the pizza dog, um, I was not used to, or, 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 or I didn't 
keep in mind like how much we get to see on an iPhone screen. Um, so I, I found that like my early, like my, 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 my first attempt, like I had the panels too close to each other where, you know, like as, as I moved on to like my, my next project became five issues of, of X-Men Unlimited. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to try to play with this vertical scroll. Like I'm going to have like these very long, like vertical pan panels uh, to play with that. Uh, but also at the same time, like realize what, when you're writing this, like you don't want to make the word balloons too wordy because um, I noticed that the, the, the lettering is a bit larger uh, on these vertical scrolls that you, you, you just got to give the meat and potatoes of, of the dialogue um, it, uh, in com comparison to, to print where you can, you know, go more in depth with the character's thoughts and, and their narr uh, the narration. Um, yeah. You, you, you want to keep it simple in, in, in these infinity comics. So like I, I've learned like uh, issue by issue, like, yeah, just 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 go for very simple, exciting um, storytelling. Really play with the vertical scroll space, um, and, and and yeah, I I I feel like I I got very comfortable with it. Um, like maybe by like my my fifth issue of of. Uh, X-Men Unlimited when, when I was working on the the Generation X reunion. <laughs> are there other aspects of doing the Infinity Comics that translate back to regular floppies? You, you know, I, I don't even do that much planning or, or consideration whenever I'm um, working on these Infinity Comics of like how it's going to translate into print. Uh, I, I, I just go with like what works with that medium of, of, of reading it off of an iPad or, or an iPhone or, or any other sm smart device. Um, but yeah, you know, when I was talking with Declan Shelby, who, who was, who was working on the first arc of, of X-Men Unlimited, uh, he did a smart thing of, of planning it out, like, like drawing it on a comic page first like breaking that in half because uh, because half of a comic page would translate well as a vertical scroll uh, in, an, in an infinity comic and um, I was like oh man like that that's that's clever but at the same time that's a lot of work as like you're I mean that that's but also like he knew that that his arc was going to be translated into to print right after it. so like so that that's why he he did that extra step whereas like you know like all of the, like there, there's so many infinity comics and not all of them will go into print but you know you you want to make it as a, a great experience as possible for for that the the medium that it's supposed to be for uh, and then you know like you, you, you there there are uh people that like yeah like that just approach it where it's like i'm just drawing it as an infinity com infinity comic and then you know once that comic becomes successful online and and marvel decides to turn that into print um they that's when they have to like take that extra measure of like redesigning these panels to to, to properly fit on a comic page which is um i mean that 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 that's uh, that thinking about that like racks my brain like like what makes like like translating like all these vertical scrolls and and, and, and trying to fit that into it's like playing tetris <laughs> like i i i would i'm applauding all the designers that that have to do that <laughs> Like like the the new uh, it's Jeff comic that that's now coming into mm -hmm. print like 
I think that's one of those comics that uh, that they had to put that extra post work in. So because you've worked with so many of the Marvel pets, who is the best Marvel pet in your in your personal opinion? Uh, I'm going to be a bit biased because I got to introduce um, I got to introduce Cole, who is Ghost Rider's cat. Uh, and, and he was introduced in issue two of Marvel Meow and Pizza Dog. And Cole is based off of my cat, Boris. If, if you guys follow me on my Instagram, you'll see a lot of uh, videos and, and portraits of Boris. And yeah, now now he is a Marvel cat. And, uh, and man, like, I can't wait for everyone to see how Cole is going to look in Infinity Paws, especially when he lets loose as the spirit of cat vengeance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on that name. Ghost Cat? I don't know. <laughs> is it... Hasn't been trademarked yet. <laughs> the spirit of cat vengeance just strikes me as the most terrifying concept because cats <laughs> seek vengeance for everything <laughs> I, I, oh I say yeah this is a deep and a, a great lover of all cats but oh boy <laughs> oh you got up for five minutes when you should have been my lap I, I, the penance they can do the penance there to begin with because they're <laughs> <laughs> now I, I did this very very wholesome uh early design of of uh, Cole's transformation as the, the spirit of cat vengeance uh, and Neo Fuji like took it up a notch and like make it so terrifying <laughs> especially the, the, the cat skull oh my good so you know kind of sliding, sliding into home here pitiful human lizard will turn 10 years old next year what is what is the most important or most surprising thing you've learned about making comics in that time? You know, I mean, it, it's funny that you've been you've been pointed out ten years <laughs> looking at the calendars. Holy, holy shit! Uh, I I learned a lot through um, you know, like writing, lettering, drawing my own series, and and trying to maintain my own deadlines to, to make sure that an issue comes out on a regular basis. I, I felt that helped me prepare for Marvel, like help me prepare for, for like making sure the work is, is good and done on time. While at the same time, like being my own salesperson, like on like online presence and, and, and at conventions, uh, like doing, like playing all these roles, and and uh, and also like talking with like other creators who who uh, are experts in 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 some of those roles and, and like just just and 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 you know just 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 taking those experiences, taking those 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 tips and tricks, and 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 trying to to. Uh, make that work with the pitiful human lizard to 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 make it its own little success. Uh, that that really prepared me for for the the nature of the beast of 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 the comic book industry of of what's expected as a creator, like especially when it comes to tight deadlines and 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 delivering things on time and 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 knowing how to present yourself like interviews promotion brand wise the whole thing of what makes a comic successful besides art and story like like the inner workings of it yeah like i i, I you know for for people for aspiring comic artists that that ask me like like how do you get to work for like the big two like i'd say create your own stories first um and and yeah and 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 just go from there just just tell the stories that you want to tell and, and 
so you're showing your love of storytelling through your own work and then eventually like it's going to reach its own fan base and and it's going it's going to get notice from from the right editors it's 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 funny because like i remember like the first two years like ricky purden the uh he 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 found me uh out of the blue reached out to me about pitiful human lizard and and wanted some samples of it nothing came out about it but you know like uh, and then a few years later like i saw darren shan marvel editor and he uh uh i handed him some of my comics and like you know i i remember him telling me a few times that like he shared my comics with the office and 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 really loved what I did with with the human uh, with the human lizard and and even when I finally got hired by Marvel, like they they brought that up like saying like man like re- really loved what you did with that series and and that helped them remember like that like like that that's proof that I can do the work you got to <laughs> like you got to show the industry that you can do the work and, and yeah pitiful human lizard was my ticket in um are there any any is there anything coming up that we haven't touched on that you want to make sure you get a plug in for no well yeah howard the duck comes out on wednesday this wednesday i got to write this uh the short story of a whatever what if <laughs> a short story of what if howard the duck joins the x-men and it's beautifully illustrated by derek charm uh who who drew the heck out of it like he he got to draw classic x-men in 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 the you know the the chris claremont era style it's an honor to to actually be part of the 50th anniversary of howard duck so i'm glad i got to to tell the story and, and have him piggyback the success of Miss Marvel becoming an X-Men by having him <laughs> become an X-Men as well. Uh, so yeah, that comes out on Wednesday. And then and then the week after that, Century, first issue. And yeah, Infinity Pause comes out spring of next year. Uh, that's it. Like a lot of, of great, exciting stuff uh, that I'm, I'm still working on <laughs> with Marvel. Penultimate question. Uh, what are you reading right now? What am I reading right now? Well, here's the thing. Uh, working on something that's coming out late next year. And I had to do lots and lots of homework. <laughs> hmm. Lots of... Uh, man, I, uh, it's funny because I, I got sick with COVID uh, when I came back from New York Comic Con. And then I was like, I was in bed just, just doing all this, this homework, reading lots of old... 70s marvel comics um i'm not gonna say the titles i don't because i'm not i'm I'm just gonna say lots of that and stuff written by judd mckay uh i'll just say that man i i probably read about like 50 comics in the past two weeks (laughs) i'll just say that it's mainly marvel comics for the sake of homework and research for for my next for my my next uh marvel series okay all right well that's something to look forward to well uh jason this has been a fantastic time final question as we release you back into the world how can people follow you online and keep up with the century all-nighter and everything else that you have going on i'd say uh go follow me on instagram because i'm active there the most at jason low makes comics because yeah you, you can find me retweeting stuff on twitter at rebel underscore loo or uh find me on blue sky i'm I'm mainly just just reposting my friend's work (laughs) on blue sky under jason low um but yeah you'll find more of my posts actively on on instagram right well jason thank you very much for coming on the show oh thanks for having me guys that's it for this week's show as a reminder wmqna is part of comics xf where you can find this podcast along with our sister podcasts, Battle of the Atom and Bat Chat with Matt and Will, a Batman ranking podcast co-hosted by Matt Lazowitz and Will Nevin. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, 
and at comicsxf.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at patreon.com slash comicsxf, where a dollar donation gets you a shout-out at the end of every episode. A $2 donation gets you early access to WMQ&A and a shout-out at the end of every episode. A $3 donation gets you a sticker, early access, and a shout-out. A $5 donation gets you access to our monthly bonus podcast, Our Son Pete, a deep dive into the comic appearances of British mutant super spy Pete Wisdom. A $25 donation lets you request a primer, one of our custom reading guides for a series, character, or creator at ComicsXF, and a $50 donation lets you advertise on the show. Big thanks to our patrons, Lisa Slack, Will Redman, Tobias Carroll, Natalie Jordan, Mike Sagawa, Will Nevin, Liz Large, Asimov Fangirl, Carla Pacheco, and Robert Secundus. You're all special, and we love you. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at WMQ Comics, me at Daniel P. Grote, Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013, and ComicsXF at ComicsXF. You can also follow ComicsXF on Facebook, Instagram, and Blue Sky. And until next week, remember, Rob Liefeld's greatest contribution to comics isn't Deadpool or Youngblood or even Major X. It's his impression of Todd McFarlane. W-N-Q-A.